Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Tom Brady talked to Howard Stern for, well, more than two hours on Wednesday. And as you can imagine, he said a lot. He said he knew that 2019 would be his last season in New England before the start of that season. And he talked about his relationship with Bill Belichick, why he left the Patriots, and what attracted him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he included some personal things as well, like what it's like living in Derek Jeter's house and how his wife Giselle was unhappy with his role in their marriage a couple years ago, which led to counseling. We're going to break down that marathon interview with Bucks celebrity quarterback Tom Brady on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey, Steve, you want to feel uh, even worse than we already do. Uh, Tonight apparently would have been uh, perhaps or most likely the Tampa Bay Lightning's first playoff game. More than likely. I mean, you know, odds are they were going to face the Maple Leafs in the playoffs in the first round, which means they would get the Sunday or the Saturday 7 o'clock shift for Hockey Night in Canada, meaning Lightning's first game would have been this the Thursday night of the, of the uh, opening round. So most likely tonight mm-hmm. would have been. It's been four weeks now since uh, hockey shut down and all the other sports wow. as well. Um, the hockey playoffs would have started on Wednesday night last night. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's only been four weeks. And they they would have they would have been it's the longest four weeks of all our lives. They would have been uh, at Emily Arena, of course, against Toronto, right? More, yeah. I mean, had the season if it, if the standings held and, and the Lightning were pretty much locked into that two seed in the in the division, um, they were eight or nine points behind Boston. I think they were eight or nine points ahead of Toronto with twelve to play. So, mm. uh, you know, and I was assuming Toronto stayed in third place. The Panthers were on their heels, so could have changed that. Right. But yeah, this would be uh, playoff hockey we'd be watching every night right now. I'm wondering, um, we, we talked with Tom Jones yesterday about what sports may look like, what these various leagues may do. Um, you know, hockey is such a long season anyway. And, uh, you, you know, you get into the summer, if you if these teams do go to a Stanley Cup, they need uh, some time off of where they would begin again next October. Do you think it's possible, Steve, that even in, in a, uh, you know, arenas without fans, um, that the NHL would still somehow try to have a playoff, whatever form that takes, maybe shorter series, um, and then if they needed to, start the season later next year or play a, a smaller regular season a year from now. So it depends on who you talk to. Because there's, there's people at the NHL that have said, look, whatever we do, we don't want to jeopardize next season. Mm-hmm. Meaning they want a full 82-game season, season and, yeah. and Stanley Cup and all that. And I think I probably my guess is the motivation behind that thinking is I don't know what their TV contracts exactly are, but most of this season was played. They either get all their money from that or most of it. Yeah. And and, and NHL is very much a gate-driven league. Okay. The attendance is very important. It's not a TV league as much as it is attendance. I mean, TV gives you – but they have the smallest TV deal of all the sports. Gotcha. So attendance is very important to them. So – 
yeah. not going to a 60-game schedule next year, et cetera, that, that would hurt the NHL probably more than any other team or any other league. I mean, they only mm-hmm. had essentially 12 games left for most teams. It may have been 11 or 13 yeah. for some, but approximately 12 games left in the season. So the NHL, there are some people say that, but there's others that say they want to do whatever it takes to raise a Stanley Cup this year. They played 70 games out of your 82-game schedule. They want to crown a champion. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, most of the time when you have lockouts or things like that, that you miss the beginning of the season or the whole season. But, you know, the NHL right. a few years ago, when they had their lockout, they came back around, you know, it was what around January 1st or whatever. They came back and played 40 games or what at 45, whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, went to a playoff run. You usually don't chop off the end of the season and not have a champion, you know, especially if you played that much of the season. So, you know, it, it, which you know, at some point, if it keeps going this way, they're going to have to make a decision of, is the Stanley Cup worth it or do we save next season and, and to preserve it as is? Don't know where they'll land on that, and it kind of depends on when they get going. Right. I think they'll have to see when this country comes back because you know typically they begin, what, sometime in October for, for the following season. Yeah, right? Training camp usually opens a week or two after Labor Day. Um, they'll play the mm-hmm. preseason games late September, and then anywhere from October second to eighth or so in that, that range, depending on you know where the calendar falls that year. That's when the season opens, and then you yeah. know they go to you know the first week of April and then start the playoffs. So, but I mean you know and they again, can push that back but, next year, but their contracts are with NBC. So yeah. next season you can't really. It's probably hard for them to push back past till, till the Olympics start. You know because the Olympics have been postponed a year. And NBC isn't yeah. going to air – they're not going to air hockey playoff games over the Olympics. Right. So you've got to get your season done by the time the Olympics start. I'm not sure when it will be next year when they move it, but, you know, that's something they have to consider too. Yeah, and I just don't I, – I mean, as we sit here and talk about the NFL, I'm not sure September is going to be when everything is completely back or not or if they, you know, can begin a season next October. So – they they kind of were caught between a rock and a hard place with the calendar as far as what they're trying to do, as is the NBA and some others. Well, and you have California. Anyway, that's the, there's people there saying that they're not going to have gatherings of groups of people till Thanksgiving or later. Yeah, yeah, that, I saw that too. That's that's an interesting story. Um, I, it's we're, we're look we're in an unknown world, and yet it can change really quickly. And we're hoping uh, we start to see the curve, and and you know. Uh, people are doing their jobs, and I hope everybody continues to do their jobs of, of uh, you know, keep staying home, staying safe, and 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 distancing, and um, you know, eventually that'll that'll pay off as as a country. But it's a, it's a big country, and uh, even all the states don't have the same rules and things like that. So we're still we're still not sure about sports to say the least. I think it's been interesting. Have you? Uh, I just before we get to uh, Tom Brady, which we're going to talk a lot about here in just a minute, his interview with Howard Stern. Have you caught any of uh, Dave and Andy uh, on these games that they're replaying on DAE uh, from the, from the Rays season last year? Yeah, DAE is is playing uh, Rays games and Lightning games. Uh, they kind of alternate them almost every other night, essentially. Yeah, um, and, and the Lightning ones they're playing playoff games from 2015 right now. But the Rays are doing games. I think the the game that was airing Wednesday night was uh, in at Los Angeles. The, I believe the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, it was a big big turning point game if you recall mm-hmm. down the stretch. Um, yeah, uh, they, I think they blew Austin the Meadows save, had the home I think. run. Yeah, Austin Meadows had yeah, the big home run. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think what's fun about it is I don't have the game on right now as we're t- as we're doing this podcast um, on uh, Wednesday evening. But 
what's fun about it is, is is Dave and Andy tweeting while the game is being played, <laughs> and then like going back and asking questions, getting answers about questions they asked during the broadcast to people who can now answer them. Yeah. Um, it's just really fun. And but, Neil Solans uh, is chiming in too. Yeah, it, it's it's actually very hilarious. So it's kind of entertaining. Yeah, if you if you do it that way with your with your phone and your Twitter going on, it's uh. It's pretty fun. I feel, you know, Dave's dugout is, as you know, Steve, because we've been there just right down the street from my house. I feel like, hey, go have a beer with that guy. He's not doing. Uh, I think there's I enough room. There's enough room to be six feet apart at Dave's dugout. You'd be okay. I think there probably is, but I just I don't know how smart that is. I don't want to, you know, don't want to endanger him or or my family. But um, yeah, oh no, his his dugout, his bar is big time. I mean, it's it's like you walked into a like a uh, beef O'Brady's. It's it's such quality. It's it's uh. It's big and and thick and uh, and what you'd expect in Dave's dugout, but uh, we'll be there soon enough. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Well, I hope. And did you? You may not have seen uh, Fox Sports Sun uh, today announced that starting Saturday the 18th, they're going to start some replays of the 04 uh, playoff run all the way. Oh, to the now that would Cup. be cool. So uh, it's going to start That'd Saturday cool. the 18th. Will be the first game they broadcast, but they're going to I think they broadcast all the playoff wins from the 04 Cup run. So you know what's funny about that? I, I um, the one sport I have not covered as a, a member of the Tampa Bay Times, is hockey. I go to hockey games. I've, I've been to a lot of them. And um, because of that, it's it's strange because I can remember 04 was sort of my first awareness of just, you know, how great hockey could be. Because I grew up in Florida. What do I know about hockey, right? So I just remember having a bunch of neighbors and friends, and it was the most nerve-wracking time. Like, I don't remember ever – I've seen my friends, you know uh, – root for football teams and baseball teams and teams in the world series and stuff that they had attachments to. I can't remember as a, as a group of people that I was around be more nervous about that damn playoff series. Like it was like people weren't sleeping at night. They were so anxious when the puck was dropped. And then the, you know, game six in Edmonton, of course, uh, Marty St. Louis, you know, with that goal to bring it back to double overtime, double overtime. And then game seven. I mean, it was, Literally, Hobby Bullen makes a save on like as the as the damn horn goes off in Game Seven, and uh, it was came right up until and and I can just remember like this, this sort of exhale. Um, so I can't. It would be cool. It would be cool to watch it again without you know knowing the ending. See, I actually think it's kind of I think it's kind of neat to know what's going to happen. And then there are those games that you watch that you can't remember, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's like seeing it for the first time, but um, but in some instances, like you can watch something without with, without the anxiety of wondering, like, okay, how's this end? Um, but uh, but yeah, that that's that's going to be fun when they play that back. All right, so let's get to this uh, uh, long uh, and yet uh, very provocative interview that Howard Stern did with Tom Brady on Wednesday morning. I was up early, had my Sirius radio on. And uh, I had a little trouble with the uh, – let, let me just say this. You know, they're supposed to do this draft sort of digitally, <laughs> right? Um, the New World Order, and, and they're having their IT guys in the NFL and some, some mm-hmm. people like John Harbaugh worried about hacking and whatnot. Let me tell you what you should worry about. You should worry about losing the signal because well, – that, I mean, Brady- that was my takeaway. Derek Jeter has the same internet we all have. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And Bray's like, yeah, I got to call him bitch at him because this isn't good. 
So they, they had him on, you know, one of the platforms. I don't know whether it was Skype or if it was... They kept uh, saying it was Zoom, so I think it was, they were using Zoom, Zoom. so I assume it was Zoom, yeah. So they kept losing the signal, and then eventually they just had to finish the interview and call him. They did the first 15 minutes, uh, you know, w- with it cutting in and out and him freezing. But I'm thinking, man, if that's if the NFL's using any of this technology on draft day, there might be a team that doesn't get a pick. You know what I mean? Like, I think they took what, away timeouts, too, they said in this. There's not going to... They're not making any accommodations for that stuff. <sighs> I don't. I, it just doesn't seem like it's going to end well. I think something something's going to be glitchy for sure. Um, maybe uh, I can't say it. I don't want to rap on them. But um, but yeah, that was that was my my one takeaway from from the whole thing was that boy, they can't get a uh, a Bengals fan would tell you it'd be stereotypical Brady. that they would screw up the first pick and be late with it because of technology. <laughs> I can only remember one team in the years that I've covered the Bucks that actually was not prepared. They passed, which means you go to the next pick because mm-hmm. you didn't hand in the card. Right. And it was – I don't know which draft it was, but I believe it was the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Viking, I think, they, I think Baltimore jumped ahead of them, if I recall. Yeah. But, but the Vikings weren't ready, and the clock ran out, and so they just – they had to pass to the, next, to the next team, which is really embarrassing, right? I mean, you only prepare for this for, what, six months a year? I don't know how you could not uh, get the card up on well, time. Well, now you can say that the you know the Zoom call. Yeah, what if there's like a name like you're talking on the phone and it's similar to this guy, but it really isn't that guy, and you get the wrong one? Like, so is there any, is there a name close to Joe Burrow that you know Joe? <laughs> but, and you know so no. it comes out something else, and the Bengals make the wrong pick. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I assume that's who they're going to pick. I what about? And then, you know, trades and things like that. No, we, we said we had a deal, you know, and I thought, but it sounded like you said fifth round. No, I said fourth round. So I don't know. This is going to be fun. Okay. So Tom Brady, Howard Stern. So I got up early and, uh, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, Stern is a, first of all, he's a really good interviewer. And yet there's also, you know, he's Howard Stern, right? Which is kind of the shock. You get the shock jock part of that. And so, you know, he approached it. What was interesting was he approached it as a guy who knew who Brady was. He's thoroughly researched on everything. I mean, I, he, he obviously went A to Z with the topics, um, but yet really doesn't really doesn't like isn't a huge sports fan, right? Like, not um, he understands football. Like he understands where Brady is in the in the hierarchy of quarterbacks and all of that. Um, but he approached it way more at a personal level, you know, and. And sort of like the man on the street, like, okay, why? Now tell me again, why in the hell, <laughs> you know, would you leave the New England Patriots after 20 years? What are you thinking? Like, you know, and go to Tampa? Like, how'd you get to Tampa? Like, and and sort of, and it was sort of refreshing to hear it, hear it approached that way. Isn't um, that the way most of the country's thinking, though? Yes, yes, and including many of the people who for, cheer for this team. Um, and even some writers who cover them, but uh, it, it still was a, a fresh. It was a fresh approach, and um, you know the thing about Stern. Is, first of all, Brady has been a fan of Stern's. Apparently, they met. They told this really uh, funny story. And Brady says, "I met you once." And he goes, "Really?" He says, "Yeah, I was in the Hamptons one time, and you were there. And it was this big party, and you know a lot of people were around you, and and uh, to be honest, you kind of big timed me." <laughs> and Stern couldn't remember it. And he was like, "Yeah, well, I probably did because you're so good looking, and you could have anybody you want." And 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 you know, uh, Rihanna was there, and and you know, he had all these excuses. But they were also um, supposed to be in a Super Bowl commercial together. That's right. 
That's right. For like Intel computer Our, chips, and and it was supposed yeah. to be like you know if Tom Brady was perfect, and you saw all the way around, <laughs> and he was perfect. And then Howard Stern was supposed to be the the dope, and so Stern was like, "I'm not going to be the dope." That's right. I'm not the butt of this joke. <laughs> Screw Tom Brady. Why should I make him look good? He looks good enough. Yeah, it's uh, exactly right. So yeah, he turned that down. Um, they still did the commercial. I don't know who with or if it was just Tom, but it was it was. Uh, it was interesting. You know, he was, and he is here, folks. He is at, you know, Jeter's house, which he talked about, which was also kind of funny, um, uh, uh, including the crappy uh, internet service. But, um, you know, just the fact that oh, the transition he's had to make, you know, having lived in Boston for 20 years, he goes, well, I'll always, I'll always be, a, you know, have friends up there and I'll get back there. And he goes, really? You think you're really going to go back to New England? <laughs> he's like, yeah. Um, didn't sound real convincing. But he just say, that, uh, you know, I mean, it's 85 degrees. He goes, hey, it's great. You know, I can see why a lot of people live here. Um, so that part's well, that, good. That was and one of course, the things he said he wanted was warm weather. Warmer weather. Yeah, yeah. And he's getting it. Now, he said, you know, this is the best time of the year to be here. I know it's going to get really hot, you know. And there's a lot of adjustments moving from the northeast to the southeast. The one mistake he made was he called Tampa Bay South Florida. <laughs> That's the university. Well, I was going to say the, the university is called that, but. Yeah, but not where he lives. He goes, I moved my family to South Florida. Nah, no, you moved him to Central Florida. Actually, West Central Florida, but that's, he'll get that. Um, and so. Well, that, that's the thing. When you're from the North, I had, had a program director when I was running a uh, radio station before was saying, you know, oh, well, this show works in the South. And I said, really? Where? And he goes, oh, you know, Miami, Tampa. I'm like, that's not the South. <laughs> Yes, it's south of New York where you're yeah. at, but it's not yeah. the south. Ge- geographically, but not not culturally. I mean, that's what the, you know what they say in Florida: the further north you go, the further south you are. I yeah, mean, well, that's yes. just the fact, yes. right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, Miami. Uh, yeah. Nah, I was so in much. I was in Memphis at the time, and I was like, you know, this show's not going to yeah. play here; it just doesn't play the audience. And they're like, oh, but it works in the south. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always said, you know. Uh, the east coast of Florida, of course, gets a lot of northeasterners because mm-hmm. ninety I ninety five, right? You just come right. straight down the highway, and that's why they call it New York with palm trees. And then the opposite is true over here. I seventy five yep. comes from the Midwest in Michigan, and you know all of those all through uh, Illinois and whatnot, and all the way down. And so you get a lot of the Midwesterners on the west coast of Florida. Yep. And there is a difference <laughs> between those two yep. regions of the country. And then you and have the Panhandle. Yeah. Well, and then you have <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which. Mobile is just a couple exits away from Pensacola, so there's really not much difference there. When I moved to Birmingham, um, the first weekend I was there, I said to someone, I said, oh, you know, what are you doing this weekend? I said, oh, we're going to L.A. And I was like, really? You're going to Los Angeles? That's cool. They're like, no, 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 lower Alabama, meaning, you know, Pensacola <laughs> or Destin. Or <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> not Louisiana. No, it was lower Which, Alabama. <laughs> lower Alabama. Which is northern Florida. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's the way it is. Um so anyway, he he uh, uh, he talked about you know um, it was funny. Stern asking him, you know, well, how much did he charge you? Did you get a friends and family rate or what? <laughs> he goes, ah, we let our lawyers handle all that. You know, they both are good for it, right? But he did he did mention he goes, it's a little getting adjusted. He goes, because when you lived in Chestnut Hill, which is you know a suburb outside of Foxborough somewhere, I imagine, or Boston, um, you know, I'm sure he had security and a gate and a long driveway and all that stuff. He said it was pretty private for a long time. And he goes, I forgot how now where I'm at, people can drive up to your house because they couldn't do that up there. But now 
um, he goes out in his backyard, of course, is, is the bay, you know, mm-hmm. and people, people are, people, there's like a, it looks like an electric boat parade, basically, that people are coming up <laughs> on the boats and pointing, and, and, um, and he's like, and then I, you go out in front of my house, of course, there's a, there's a street, it's busy, it's, a, it's Davis Island, so, um, you know, but, but Jeter has built a fairly large wall, and, and uh, he said, you know, I, I'm an introvert, I feel like when I come home, I can relax, being who I am outside of here, but it's, uh, it's been a little different and, um, you know, but he is renting. He says it's great to rent. Jeter left him all his furniture. Apparently he has good taste and we found that out and he's got, it's a good thing. He's got space. Like he's got his, um, his two kids. Of course, his, his, uh, oldest son is in New York, um, most of the year, except in the summer times he, he takes them, he takes them a lot, but, um, so, and then, uh, apparently Giselle has five sisters. One of them, lives with Brady. I would assume she helps some when, uh, if Giselle has to go somewhere with the kids or whatnot. And then he has a, and then they have a chef. That'd be a good job. Wouldn't it? You're the cook for Tom Brady and Giselle. That'd be, yeah. that'd be good. I, I, I think so. Got to make, you gotta, I mean, avocado ice to, cream. Yeah, I was going to stick to the TB12 diet though. I mean, you can't get real <laughs> creative with anything. That's right. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of green stuff, a lot of shakes, a lot of protein. Um, so, you know, there were there were several things that he touched on that I thought were interesting. We obviously can't go through the whole, you know, two hour and almost three hour interview uh, as much as I'd like to. And and of course, because it's Howard Stern, there were there were some seedy parts too, right? I mean, um, you know, stuff that we don't need to get on a uh, on a uh, rated G podcast here. But in general, um, it, it was interesting because. I think he had some things he wanted to say, and then I think he probably went further than he than he expected to go on some things, including about his relationship with uh, with Giselle and uh, some of the sacrifices that uh, she's had to make for him. And and um, and you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, she she wasn't happy with his role in the marriage. We'll get into that as well. But I think I think we'll start with just sort of like the whole. Uh, you know, the whole leaving New England, which, you know, I mean, he made it clear, Steve, that, you know, th- this was not something that just happened, you know, on the Wednesday of free agency. I mean, his contract was structured in such a way last going into 2019 where he would knew he would become a free agent in 2020 that he actually said on uh, Wednesday that, you know, the the final, final decision, you know, the, that that didn't happen until free agency, but he said, I would say probably I knew that he wasn't going to be with the Patriots. I knew before the start of last season that this was my last year there. Well, you don't and structure knew, your contract that way if, if that's yeah. not what your intention is. Now, it doesn't mean you don't look at the options and go back to New England. But yeah. I mean, that's what Adam Schefter and those that have been saying, that Brady had a good chance of leaving. That's what they've said all along. Right. Is, look, his contract was structured that way. You right. don't you don't structure that way to become a free agent for the first time in twenty years without wanting to exercise that option or at least explore it and not just right. resign with New England. I mean that's something you negotiate and, and wanted. So it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of when you sign the deal, I mean, as much as people didn't want to believe that he would ever leave New England, he's signing that deal because that's what he wanted. Right. I mean I think though if the Patriots said I mean, but he was gonna be forty three this year, but if the Patriots had said last year, hey Tommy Let's do a two-year deal, or let's do a three-year. He'd have probably signed it if the money was right, 
But as he explained, and we'll get into his relationship with Belichick, as he explained, he's like, look, you know, I still think I can play at a high level. I want to prove that I can. I know I'm going to be 43 this year. What happened was, you know, they never expected Tom Brady to play this long. Tom Brady didn't expect to play this long. He uh-huh. didn't know that he was going to have this, you know, metamorphosis with his body and all those things. And so as an organization, you know, he gets he, he gets to be 35. He gets to be 37. Like, you realize that you've you got to have a, a plan B here. I mean, whoever replaces Brady, you've got to have a quarterback, and you're not hoping to – fall off a cliff you you know you'd like to have guys and develop them and have somebody ready and we thought that you know maybe they had that in Jimmy Garoppolo and he ended up getting traded a couple of years ago and that whole flap with with Bob Kraft I think Belichick thought he had found his guy but uh, regardless you know and, and he made it clear you know a lot has been made about Belichick and Brady and and you know whether one wants to prove that they're the more responsible for the success and you know, the fact is, as he said, he goes, you know, neither of us have the same success without each other. Like, and they, and I think they both understand that. They both get it and they've talked about it. You know, it's not, I'm going to go prove to everybody that I was the reason we won and Belichick now gets to prove that he was the reason. It's, you know, he benefited from having Bill Belichick for 20 years and it, the only coach he ever had. And he's a damn good coach and we know this. Uh, and yet Belichick, before he got there, had some pretty good talent in Cleveland um, for a couple of years and didn't win anything and had great coaching staff. So you know, clearly the, there is a, uh, a symbiotic, symbiotic relationship there that that's, that's why they both won. Um, but as Brady said, he goes, look, we, we've had conversations that nobody has ever been privy to, nor should they be. And, you know, a lot of wrong assumptions have been made about their relationship. And he goes, I, I know genuinely how he feels about me and he basically knew that you know after last year the way the contract was structured that he would he would probably lead and that um you know in the end he you know thought it was probably a great way to end you know two decades of of everything they accomplished there and and um you know the 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 patriots i assume agreed because he he did move on, and we went to Bob Kraft's house that night. It was it was really just to say goodbye, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to. You know, he would have gone to Belichick, but he said, you know, it's nine thirty at night, and and by the time, you know, I leave here, things get out on the media, and then he finds out about it a different way. So they they found a way to contact him while he was with Kraft, and he said he admitted he's very emotional. He said there were tears, I cried, and um, you know, it was it was difficult that way, but. You know, he was ready. He goes, it was just, it was just kind of time. And, you know. Well, the other thing he said, too, and he said, look, Belichick and I have had conversations. And his job yeah. is to look out for the team not only this year but in the future. Yeah. And he's yeah. got to start thinking yeah. the future. That's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. He goes, I get That's that. Right. I understand that. You know, mm-hmm. that, that it's not this, you know, it was, it, it. you know. Now, granted, he may be painting a rosy picture, but it sure doesn't. It sure didn't sound anywhere near as acrimonious as, as had been made out in the media at times where, you know, these guys don't like each other or can't stand each other. I mean, you know, I think some of their goals and, and you know, particularly as, as Brady said about, look, you know, Belichick's got to worry about not just this year but next year and the year after and the year after. And at some point, Brady isn't going to be playing anymore. And so you have to figure that part out too. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I mean, Bill's Bill's a tough guy to play for. Let's not, you know, I, I, I've oh, heard people... I've heard people say that, like you know, they're, that, and I don't know if they're right or not, but the people that cover the team up there have written about this that, you know, Belichick, um, and this might have been his success. Brady might have benefited from this, but Belichick would would treat everybody the same in in sense that you were no like he didn't he didn't play favorites even if he had them. In other words. Um, you know, Brady Brady is the greatest of all time, but you know what? Nobody cared what you did last year when training camp started. It was a new year and you had to earn it and he would he would pretty much treat you like the long snapper. Like it wasn't you were just part of the process. You were part of the reason why they were gonna win or lose, um, but not the whole reason. And I, I think think in some ways that was good for Brady. It was good for other every people on the team to see that, but it is possible that he got tired of it too. You know, it is it is possible that, like you said, it was just time, and why not see you know what the rest of the NFL is sort of all about. I'll tell you another thing that impacted him, and I wrote about this because I had heard this from the Bucks. And apparently, he must have brought this up to them. And of course, if you read what he wrote at the time when Derek when uh, Kobe Bryant died, um, that had an impact on him too. You know, Kobe Bryant was a guy that was you know uber competitive like like Brady like like the greatest ones are like Michael Jordan and those guys and I think that you know Brady kind of understood you know that that streak that he had in him and you know he said he he was like you know uh you know life life changes really quickly you know and Kobe was was proof of that and you know, why, you know, he loved watching Kobe play and he was kind of like, you know, he could sit there and just stop playing football. Say, you know what, I'm not going to play anymore. I'm 42. I've had enough. Or or it's my time. This is my time to stop playing, as everybody keeps asking. And he said, but, uh, uh, you know, and then, then what would I do? I'd just be worrying about what's going to happen or worry about this and that. He goes, instead, why don't I just live my life the way I want to and the, the way I'm most fulfilled is, is to do something I love. And, and I thought this was a great quote by him um, that he gave Howard. He said, look, you don't tell a musician to stop singing at the age of 42, and you don't tell a great painter to stop painting at 42. If you want to stop, go ahead. Now, I would submit to you that not many singers or musicians get concussions <laughs> when they're playing or busted knees um, or painters either, but He's right. I mean, he's an entertainer. He's an artist. And if he can still do it, if he can still play at this level, uh, and he doesn't think there's any reason, you know, physically why he can't do it, and certainly mentally he's good, then, you know, his his thoughts are, what the hell? I, I should play as long as I Why put any limits on myself? So I get all that. I mean, I do. It's just I think that, you know, like Belichick, like others, no one ever imagined that he would be playing at a high level at this point, and here he is going to be forty-three years old, and and he's 
you're going to start with another team. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's right. I mean, it's look, it's up to him when he wants to quit or if nobody's willing to give him a contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, you know, it it's great that we want, you know, we do this all the time, whether it, you know, quarterbacks or basketball players or whatever else is you, you think you can write the perfect end of a legacy and career. But, you know, Brady even mentioned in this, he goes, I don't care about legacy. I'm not thinking about that. I, I like football. I'm playing football. I play it well. I, I'm trying mm-hmm. to win more rings and, and, and do that. I'm not worried about what my legacy is. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, athletes don't think that way as a whole. It's, uh, it's, I'm not saying they don't at all, but it's, it's, I'll, I t- I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, why you're in it, you might not, but when you're, I, I guess let me, let me say this. He wanted to win four and then he definitely wanted sure, to win five. Sure. And why? Because his boyhood idol, Joe Montana won four. Mm-hmm. So that's legacy, right? Now you could say, well, if that if he hadn't won any, he'd still want to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's his job. His job is to mm-hmm. go out there and win and try to win it all every year, right? Because no one cares um, if you won it the year before. But I think when he got up in that air, when he got in that rare air with his idols and the legends, uh, now now that he has six, <laughs> I don't you know I don't know that he's as caught up in it now because he's been to nine Super Bowls and he's won six of them. Sure. Um, I, I guess my my point it, is is that. You know, whether it's Michael Jordan or Joe Montana or Tom Brady, once you give it up, well, Jordan came back twice, but once you yeah. give it up, you're done. I mean, yeah, you, you know, most, you put most the keys go, on the table. Most yeah. people, a musician, a painter, a, a, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a beat writer, you're mm-hmm. signing up for a career that you're expecting to be in there for decades. And, yeah. and you know, and, and with any hope, you're going to be in that career and, and retire in it. Now, things change over time, whatever, but those are your mentalities where an athlete, it's a limited window. And so mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to try something new, if that's something that entices you or reinvigorates you because after 20 years, it's I just want to do it differently. I want to see what yeah. else is out there. If the grass is greener on the other side, you know, that's what I'm saying is that I think as fans, we worry completely about the legacy and this will ruin it. This will whatever. And, you know, what if he loses and this? I don't think players think I'm not saying they don't think about legacy, but it's I'm going to kick myself if I don't try it to see if there's a different way to do it than Bill Belichick. I, I want to, you know, I'm the greatest I think of all he time. To I want to ex- see. I want to see what's out there. Yeah, he wanted to experience something different. And like mm-hmm. he said, he goes, you know, I was, I did it for 20 years there. I mean, 20 years. I mean, most guys' career lasts three and a half, four at, at on on the high side. So he he not only played for 20 years, he played in the same same exact place. And this is a kid with from, the same coach. With the same coach, this is a guy from California. You know, he he went to Michigan was a big change for him. Then he went even further away to Boston. And um, you know, ended up ended up becoming a, a you know an adoptive hometown for him because he spent almost as many years in, in in Boston as he has anywhere in his life, including California, at this point. So, um, you know, for him for him to try something, and I think you know we'll get into this when we talk to him one day, um, if whenever that happens. But uh, more than just the phone call we got when he was signed. But I got to believe that, you know, watching Peyton Manning, you know, everybody talks about Joe Namath and, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the Rams and, and Johnny Unitas with the Chargers and Willie Mays with the Mets and how often, you know, em, I was, I covered Emmett Smith's last game with the Arizona Cardinals that people forget about. And it was forgettable. But you know what? Peyton Manning did it. And, and Manning was beat up and, and, you know, they had drafted Andrew Luck. And so he was more or less pushed out of Indianapolis, not left on his own accord. 
Um, but he went to Denver and he had the time of his life and he met new teammates and got to live in a place that uh, was different than Indianapolis or Louisiana that he loved and made friends there. And he went to two Super Bowls and won one of them. And even though you know his, his skills were way more diminished than, than Brady is right now, he had a hell of a good time, and he, he's glad he did it, really glad. And he made that organization in Denver better than when he, when he came in there. I mean, and, and even though you know they, they've been searching for a quarterback ever since, but that defense, the culture, everything that he did helped, helped set that organization back on the right path with John Elway. And that's what Brady is trying to get here. This, that's, that's what he's trying to have here in Tampa Bay. Um, I thought it was real interesting, you know, we'll, we'll let you listen to Tom Brady talking about sort of how he arrived at Tampa Bay as his next def- destination. But obviously, like many of us, if you were sitting down doing, uh, you know, had some potential job offers, what would you do? You'd get the yellow legal pad out, right? And you'd write pros and cons. That's what we always, I always did. Um, and um, and you would say, you know, what are my priorities? Well, that's what Tom Brady did before he chose Tampa. Here's Tom Brady on uh, on his free agency. Uh, there was a lot. I mean, I kind of wrote down about 20 different things that were important to me, and then I prioritized what was important, and then I kind of scaled it, and then I looked at all the different opportunities that were out there, and, um, you know, there's a family's decisions. Like my, my son Jack lives in New York, and I didn't want to be in the end you know, being close to him was ended up being really important. And, you know, playing with really good players is important. And I've had that, you know, I've obviously had that with the Patriots for forever, but I wanted to continue to play with great players. You know, coaching was important. Um, you know, it's the first time that I'll play in like a warm climate, which I thought was pretty great. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I mean, uh, Florida is so, great. You know, it's, yeah, just really interesting how Tampa Bay offered, you know, check so many of his boxes as far as um, playing with great players and the coaching. I mean, obviously, Bruce Arians was a big part of this, and and he said so uh, later in the interview about how, you know, Bruce has been a longtime coach, and even though he has a different way, he's very authentic, and that's important to him that, you know, a coach knows who he is. We've said this before on this podcast that I think Arians is the reason he's here as much as the talent um, and that and that Bruce has had these Hall of Fame worthy celebrity type quarterbacks, and I think I think having experience with that is important because um, you know Brady is going to command obviously a lot of attention and need a lot of things to go right, and the organization is going to try to get as much um, of that for him to try to win a championship. And so uh, I think Arians is the kind of guy that can navigate that as well as you know, being collaborative and, and adapting an offense to, to what Tom wants to do at this stage of his career and hopefully put, put guys in place that, uh, you know, that can help him. So he was complimentary about, about Bruce and, uh, and, and then, you know, there were, there were also, there were also some, some personal moments, um, especially when he talked about his wife, Giselle, which, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, you know, Brady, Brady's history is, is, uh, um, well known, of course. He uh, he dated um, Bridget Monahan, and uh, they had a son together. And uh, but after that relationship had had sort of ended, is well, he went on what was a blind date. Although obviously he knew who Giselle was, but a friend had imagine that friend by the way. Like Howard said, boy, I, friends <laughs> like that. Let me tell you, his friends set him up with Giselle, um, and they went to a uh, they went and had wine at a, at a New York place. 
And um, they hit it off, and, and uh, you know, but in short order, he found out that, you know, his, his ex-girlfriend was pregnant with his first son, and so he's trying to begin a relationship with Giselle, and, um, you know, and then, and of course, he's becoming a father way before he intended to. So, but they've managed, you know, they're, they they sound like a great couple. They, they uh, obviously are both, you know, really driven professionally. I mean, she has this unbelievable modeling career and business and everything that she's involved with and also goes to Brazil and tries to help out with causes down there. Um, and yet, like any married couple, you know, they've had their problems. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady uh, spends a lot of time working at football and she spends a lot of time taking care of the children in the house like most wives and also having a career of her own. And, you know, because he's so consumed during the year, during the football season, um, he's had to sacrifice time with his kids and, and that meant a, a heavier burden on, on, on like most wives on, on, on her. Um, and yet, you know, she has dreams and aspirations too. And he said that a couple of years ago, um, she felt like he wasn't doing his part. Uh, he would play football all season and then, you know, she took care of the house and everything. And then all of a sudden when the season was over, he was like, oh, great. Now I can get into all my other business activities. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, uh, and so she wrote him a note. She wrote him a letter that he keeps in his drawer to this day. And it was very heartfelt. And it was basically like, you know what? You better you better start taking care of some things. And he says family situation wasn't great. She wasn't satisfied um, with the marriage. And, and um, but, you know, that's that's why you work at it. Things change in your relationship as as other responsibilities come on. And um, but they have they have obviously worked through it. Uh, if you if you see them anywhere or you see films of them together, uh, even in that Tom versus Time piece, it's obviously that they're a perfect match. And and um, you know they they obviously, uh, but but I thought it was interesting that he shared that part of himself because that's that's not something. Uh, and again, Howard Stern is to be credited for this because he he has a way um, of relaxing people, maybe by asking them like really difficult questions, and then when they get something like that. Um, they're more willing to open open up on, but I, I found that to be uh, really interesting as well. So, look, it was a, it was a good interview. You can you can go back and listen to it. Um, I'm sure they're all archived on Sirius Radio. Yeah, they have a free and, preview. Uh, I think for the next uh, month. I think through May 15th right. with all the, everything going on with COVID 19. So right. you should be able to go back and listen to that. And you know, he talked about his business. I mean, there's a lot more that we're not getting into tonight. But if you want to know about Tom Brady, if you want to kind of understand him um, and get a sense of, of where he's from, what he was like in high school, he was, he was candid about partying when he was in high school and how he you know, didn't want to let his dad down. And he felt guilty waking up with hangovers and stuff like that. I mean, there was, it's, you know, his, his, his career at Michigan and how he, he was going to leave and, and maybe go, go back to Cal Berkeley. And um, Lloyd Carr didn't want him to go, and, you know, he, he – he talked to a sports psychologist who set him on the right path about, you know, taking control of his life and becoming a man and, you know, working through things. And I mean, there's so many different things that have have made Tom Brady Tom Brady. And and if you listen to the entire interview, and again, you'll need some time, but it's uh it's really worthwhile. I mean, it was really uh interesting to uh to hear those two go. And then, you know, there's some parts that you'll probably, you know, won't want to be listening when the children are there, but uh, it's just it goes off the rails a little bit. I mean, it is Howard Stern, but I thought it was I interesting I too it. that that Howard mentioned several times that they had this interview scheduled many times in the past, 
Yeah. And it always got nixed for some reason. He kept saying, I think it's the Patriots <laughs> that nixed it or Belichick. And Brady never really answered that or never acknowledged it. But <laughs> he didn't deny it. I think it. it was, too. Well, I'm pretty yeah, sure think... it was, you know, yeah, they did, <laughs> the Patriots or Belichick or whoever didn't want him on there. But, yeah, um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I mean, Howard kept bringing that up, and, and Tom never <laughs> answered. He just, But he never denied it either. Right, right. Well, you just come and going back to where well, you big time at, yeah, well. at the Hamptons. So, <laughs> so maybe, but but they were, they were he's a fan of the show because he had like a twenty minute ride into work every day or whatever, and he would listen to it. He knew all about the show, so he's a Howard Stern fan. But yeah, it was good. It was uh, really entertaining, and um, you know, tomorrow now uh, it will be uh, Jason Light's turn, not on Howard Stern, but to talk to us, <laughs> the beat reporters. Maybe we can ask him some questions that uh, uh, that Howard asked. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get into the draft. You know uh, what are we? We're T minus two weeks away, right from today, the yep. NFL draft. If you can believe it, the it's, virtual uh, draft. It's really the vir- the virtual draft that is going to be a disaster. It's I'm telling you, teams are not going to make picks. There's going to be uh, there's going to be espionage. There's going to be sabotage, and um, who knows what will happen because it's going to be live live TV through the you know through the wonders of the internet, but. Um, well, yeah, we'll get into that, and uh, we'll talk a little bit, a little draft with uh, Jason Light on tomorrow's podcast as well. Hey, folks, before we go, uh, we really do appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. You know it would be even better if you would be a subscriber to the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, you know, the coronavirus has affected our business as much as any business that there is, and we really appreciate your help. Uh, one way you can do that is uh, you can subscribe to the Times online. You can do that uh, we got a special rolling right now. If you like Bucks coverage, you like um, really all the sports, but Tom Brady coverage. Here's the deal: three dollars for the first three months. That's it. Three dollars for the first three months, and then after that, it's seven seventy five a month. You can't beat that deal. Now, here's what you do: the code TB twelve. That's right, Tom Brady twelve, and you'll get this offer: three dollars for the first three months, and then seven seventy five a month after that or tampabay.com. We would really appreciate it. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 